the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Join the conversation. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as the 16th President Abraham Lincoln succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And I am so glad to be here in studio today with my wonderful co-host, Abigail Johnson. Welcome, Abigail. Can't say your name. It's a mouthful today. It's that kind of day, apparently. Three syllables. It's just too many. (laughs) And tonight we are very excited to welcome back a former student, Lily M., who will be giving us an overview of a program she took first place in last year called Speaking Proudly. She, along with our guest, Sherry Wallace, who has been with the program since its inception, will be giving an overview of the program, and we will hear Lily's speech entitled, Conservatives Silenced on College Campuses. And they are also here to reveal the next topic for the 2023 competition. Mm-hmm. That is so exciting. And um, just to be clear, Lily is an alumni of Liberty Classical Academy in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. And Lily was with the school from first grade all the way through 12th grade. Um, a full, we call that Lifetime Lion Award. And uh, we are very proud to have her as a student and now her younger brothers remain at the school as well until they graduate. So we're so happy to have you with us again, Lily, because we miss you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I miss Liberty so much. Oh, that's great. Well, you are down yeah. at Baylor in Texas now, right? Yes, um, down in Waco. <laughs> Oh, down in Waco. Right, right. Yeah, well, thank, thank you for finding a quiet place to join us in this, or by phone in the studio tonight. We're very happy to have you with us. So, Sherry, why don't you start by talking to us a little bit about what is Speaking Proudly and you know how it got started. Tell us a little bit about what it represents and what your goals are with it. I um, am definitely, definitely glad to be here uh, Speaking Proudly basically is a nonpartisan, nonprofit educational event mm-hmm. uh, and a project of Metro Republican Women. We started it in the Twin Cities. And the, college, and the club is affiliated with the, Metro, the um, Minnesota Federation of Republican Women 
and the National Federation of Republican Women. Speaking Proudly is an opportunity for these high school girls in Minnesota to shine. Mm -hmm. It's a biennial oratory competition and offers exclusive opportunities. You spend the whole day at the Capitol. The girls, and we have room for 24 girls, and they are giving their speech three times, a beautiful, inspiration, uh, inspiring um, place at the state capitol. The cash prizes are totaling $4,500 for the three finalists and a day with the girls, with other girls from all over the state, and a guided tour of the capitol and many more. Uh, benefits are part of of this event. Hmm. I don't think I even realized that myself, even having had Lily as a winner last year. Um, I knew there was a monetary award, which is significant. Forty five hundred dollars is mm-hmm. very uh, is, is significant. And but what I didn't realize is that you take 24 girls from all over the state and they get to spend the day together. Did you say that's right? Okay, and they um, m- most of them enjoyed the capital tour because mm-hmm. of the newly replenished capital. Yeah, yeah, and it's just remodeled. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. and um, but because the other part of their day is worried about the competition, so yeah, yeah. they give their <laughs> they that makes sense to me. The part they enjoyed the most, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they give their speech three times. In oh, they do panels okay. of three different types of judges, so okay. they are really looking at the very fine-tuning of speaking and uh, oratory competition, as well as how they present themselves by the end of the day. All the speeches are memorized. There are no notes that they refer to because they realize that creates a much better impression with the judges. Mm -hmm. How long are the speeches? Is there a limit? Eight minute. There's an eight minute. Eight minute limit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you say they do it in front of three different panels, does that mean they're getting feedback the first two times on their their speeches? At the end of the day, they get feedback from each of the judges. They hear what the judges' evaluation were, and that's before they hear any of the finalists, any of the scores. They'll really see what the judges um, say about them and Mm -hmm. and their speeches. The judges are trained through a video of really asking them to really look for these items. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, but at at the same time, the judges are going to be impressed by certain things on the speeches and Mm -hmm. But we wanted to have a uniform way. So they watch a video online mm-hmm. that we produce. The, the, the mm-hmm. judges do. They and do. what are some of the key things they're looking for? It, it, I'm, ter- I'm sure there must be both content and delivery, right? They uh, uh, Definitely. But they are asking themselves, is this speech really fulfilling the main topic that the speech is supposed to be about? Okay. Have they wandered off one way or another? Sure. Have they Are they poised? And how well are they using examples? Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't do if they just have all their g- examples from Wikipedia. Okay. And yeah. it, it must mm-hmm. be that they're referring back to books. They're giving appropriate quotes. Mm-hmm. They also have are, are told, and this is all in speakingproudly.org, mm-hmm. of what um, gestures they're using. They really have to be at a podium. And and the real uniqueness of being in three different settings at the Capitol, mm-hmm. the one setting this year is the House Chambers. Uh-huh. So they will be in front of where their own representative 
has spoken to the house, huh. but they were, and then all the girls are sitting uh, the, in that group mm-hmm. are sitting in the seats where the representatives sit. Oh, that's so that's exciting. um, that's very exciting that it that it is, mm-hmm. yeah, and and that inspires them too, right, Sherry? Is that exactly. one of the goals? Is to inspire young women for leadership and in, and maybe even serve political service. Um, you know, what What are some of the goals of the Speaking Proudly? Really event? putting it simply, I think of it's to get reward young girls for speaking up for America. Mm, because okay. the theme is always related to the Constitution. Yeah. Can they okay. give an eight-minute eight minute, um, speech that is well presented, well thought out? We're looking at careful decision-making in mm-hmm. the references they use how did they do historical research on this? Mm-hmm. Have they really done some thought-provoking quotes that they're bringing out? Mm-hmm. And then their their delivery. How is that very, you know, really brings across the mm-hmm. point. But it's a persuasive speech. Okay. It's a persuasive speech then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And speaking up for America. Right. It's a great. Exactly. We need more of that, <laughs> don't we, Abigail? We do. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's so impressive. And the judges are impressed. The judges just want to do more. We have 35 judges mm-hmm. and they're asking for, we'd like to do more of the judging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'd like to have more opportunities, in other words. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Exactly. Well, I think um, we are about to hear from our own Lily M. Um, her speech from last year, and Ellie, or Ellie, Lily, could you maybe just introduce the topic and then go ahead and give us your speech? Yeah, of course. My title for my speech was Concerned Silence on College Campuses. And I really was looking into this because I was about to go off to college and um, it was a topic that I was concerned with. So that's mm-hmm. how I ended up okay. in my speech. Yeah, um, that, that's great. Oop, we're getting a little cutting out. I hope not. Um, I'm hoping we'll be able to hear you clearly. We've got this phone connection from Waco, Texas. So, <laughs> all right, um, Lily, whenever you are ready, we would love to hear your speech. Okay. Today, the predominant viewpoint at most college campuses is unsurprisingly liberalism. Specifically, 75% of state colleges, 94% of private colleges, and 100% of the Ivy Leagues are liberal institutions. These universities have been swept up in the progressive agenda. If you look up the college's mission statement, chances are exceedingly high that you find the word diverse in there somewhere which usually means that they emphasize individuals who are part of said underrepresented groups, like transgender students, for example. Time, money, and energy is put into protecting the voices of these students. I'm sure you've all heard the term safe space before. It's a space reserved for marginalized individuals to come together, discuss their experiences, and most importantly, hide away from people who think differently than them. I wonder why there's no safe space for conservative students. Since the predominant political view at colleges is liberalism, we are certainly an underrepresented group, yet you won't find any safe space protecting conservative voices on the average college campus. You see, these universities put so much effort into being diverse, yet they ultimately fail to do so because they blatantly ignore diversity of thought. You can have people of all different backgrounds, races, genders, religions, and sexual orientations, but you will never 
truly achieve diversity and play with people voicing different opinions too. However, universities across the country work to encourage liberals and silence conservatives. I believe that both voices must be heard. In order to make the United States a more perfect union, we must protect students' rights of free speech on our college campuses. In a study done by FIRE, 72% of conservative students reported that they felt the need to self-censor themselves. This is both in the classroom and just around campus. In class, they feel that disagreeing with professors will lead to them getting a lower grade than they deserve. On campus, there's a fear of conflict with other students, and some are even worried about losing scholarships. Unfortunately, they aren't worried for no reason. Many attempts have been made at colleges to silence conservative students. One way they accomplish this is by not allowing conservative speakers on campus. For example, the students and faculty at California State University, LA, tried everything in their power to prevent conservative speaker Ben Shapiro from talking at a student-sponsored event on campus. The university actually had the organization pay an absurdly high fee for the event because the topic of conversation was controversial. This is just as unconstitutional as it is ironic because it places a price tag on the content of free speech. Universities don't just take action against organizations on campus, but individual students as well. Metroverse News took a deeper look into this, and they found that at some universities, students can face punishment for things said in private conversations. If a fellow student decides that something so-and-so said was offensive, they can report what they heard to the university, and that individual could could face disciplinary action, even expulsion. Conservative students are silenced in the classroom as well. Turning Point USA shared how an English professor at Iowa State University told her students that in class and in their papers, they were not allowed to advocate against abortion, Black Lives Matter, or anything else she deemed as offensive. If they failed to comply, their grades would be impacted and they would be dismissed from the class. The effects don't stop the students' education, but their safety too. At Texas State University, when the student body president supported Governor Abbott's decision to lift the mask mandate, he was viciously attacked online. A Twitter account was created, releasing his personal phone number, and he began receiving threats. One account even went as far as to post a comment stating, can you assassinate a student body president too? I don't know what scares me more, the statement itself, or the fact that they added two to it. No wonder conservative students are often so afraid to voice their opinions. I mean, I've even found stories of people throwing rocks at them. How did we get here? How can universities and woke students get away with silencing others and stripping them of their First Amendment rights? Some hearing this will argue that liberals can feel the need to hide their opinions on campus as well. While these circumstances are far less common than for conservative students, this does happen, and I think that this too is a tragedy. The First Amendment applies to all Americans, so all students should be free to express their views without fearing for their education and even their lives. Not just liberals, not just conservatives, everybody. But how do we get there? Ideally, we would have all colleges and universities protecting these rights. Campuses should embrace and ensure diversity of thought. Grades should not be impacted by someone's views but their ability to defend those views. 
and threats against students should be taken seriously by the school. Recently, a few colleges have taken steps towards protecting free speech on their campuses. In their 2020 reading letter, the Dean of the University of Chicago stated, our commitment to academic freedom means that we do not support so-called trigger warnings, we do not cancel invited speakers because their topic might prove controversial, and we do not condone the creation of intellectual safe spaces. This university is now ranked number one in the country by fire for free speech. It is my hope that more colleges will take similar steps to protect their students' rights. As a senior in high school, this is something that has been on my mind a lot recently. It truly saddens me that in choosing a college, I have to take into consideration whether or not they will respect and protect my rights as an American citizen. This is not how our founding fathers wanted this nation to be. We have the right to our opinion, and it is our job as Americans to protect the freedom of speech for all views. To make the United States a more perfect union, we must fight to protect our First Amendment rights, especially in the institutions that are educating America's future. Well done there. That was beautiful to hear you articulate so beautifully. I can see why you were the winner last year, Lily. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you so much. Yeah, and, and clearly the topic that Sherry said, you know, the focus is on, you know, speaking out for America. You certainly did that and talking specifically about the First Amendment rights and that we really need to defend them, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kind of curious before we kind of turn our attention um, to your experience, I am just curious, how, so far at Baylor, how are you feeling it's measuring up to that standard that you set? I feel like it's measuring up very well. I haven't um, come into very many problems, and there's just actually just not very much, very much like political things going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, it is in Texas, so Texas is more conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice to be able to talk to people without people um, getting mad or um, just hating you because of what you think. And that's something that I really like being here. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, you are listening to Education America on AM 1280, The Patriot. And we were just able to hear the winning speech in the 2021 Speaking Proudly competition by former Liberty Lion Lily M. And we do have Lily and Sherry on today to explain more about the competition Speaking Proudly, as well as reveal the topic for 2023. So, um, Lily, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your experience of competing and winning. Yeah, I'd to. So, um... First of all, maybe tell us how you chose your topic. Oh, yeah. So I heard about speaking probably through um, someone at Liberty, and I knew right away that I wanted to do my topic on something with free speech just because it had been something on my mind a lot. Mm-hmm. So I was researching um, any issues with free speech, whether that be maybe online or um, in any specific institutions, and so I settled on uh, free speech on college campuses because I was going to be in college next year, mm-hmm. and I had so much fun researching this topic. It it was something I learned a lot about, and I learned a lot about what I wanted in the college through it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like it it really helped me as much as it helped um, me writing this speech. It helped mm-hmm. my views. It helped me form my opinions um, as I was going through it. So. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. 
Abigail, what are your thoughts about this whole Speaking Proudly event? Oh my goodness. Well, all I can think about is how thankful I am that Lily has had obviously some, uh, just a natural inclination to be articulate Mm -hmm. and to be um, well-spoken, but also how years of just her benefit of, you know, benefiting from a classical education and lots and lots of practice, Mm -hmm. writing out thoughts being persuasive, defending her views uh, clearly is paying off. And we are so excited for you, Lily, and just excited to see where you go even after Baylor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We know that you've got a great future in store for you. Uh, and my understanding is that you start the students very early on speaking up in front. She was mm-hmm. telling me at first grade classes that they were to the you were they were speaking to the whole student body, right? Yeah, starting in kindergarten. In kindergarten. So us. I have two mm-hmm. kindergarten students right now who are practicing for their very first speech meet, mm-hmm. and they are very excited. Yeah, and they do. Actually, with the littles, it's not in front of the whole entire student body. Um, it's in front of both the classes, though. So it's still a big group and all the parents. So parents, mm. grandparents, friends of the family, whoever, neighbors, they, yeah, whoever they want when to When actually we've had to divide the groups more and more because... You know, thankfully, the parents have just been over the moon excited about, you know, come on, you you should come to and see yes. because it really is. Um, it's pretty incredible to yeah. watch these little ones yeah. get up and and conquer their nerves mm-hmm. and, you know, get up for their very first time in their mm-hmm. dress uniforms and give their speech. And they do that every year through elementary school. And then we have them doing that in middle school as well. But then the older they get, the more they're doing speaking in classes. In, in addition to the speech meet. So it's not just a once a year type of an event. It is being integrated into all of their courses. And then they get a um, logic class in middle school that helps them kind of form, learn to form arguments um, that are based in reason. And then they, for the next four years, ninth through 12th, they get four semesters of rhetoric, one semester each year. And they're refining their skills. And then again, all of their coursework. In fact, Lily, maybe you could even tell us a little bit about, um, you know, some of your other classes in high school. It wasn't even just um, rhetoric that you were speaking. You know, can you share a little bit about what that high school experience was like where you were speaking in other classes as well? Yeah, we had many speeches. Speech assignments, whether that be in English, where we would give speeches from the books we were reading, whether we recreate a persuasive speech from a fellow, um, and all different ways. It would be in history, too, when we would do mock trials and have to practice giving openings or closing. And I feel like they really, really integrated that into into all of our classes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really great. It's great preparation for sure. Um, maybe one more question about your experience before we let uh, Sherry announce the next topic, and then you can maybe weigh in on that. Um, so what was it like as you were sitting there listening to the other 23 people giving their speeches? Um, what was going through your mind? And, you know, how, how, how did that day play out for you? Well, I absolutely loved meeting all the girls and hearing their speeches. These were uh, 23 very smart and motivated girls who mm-hmm. were very talented. I remember listening to everyone's speeches, and I was just so amazed that they had thought of that. Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. Mm-hmm. That was a really good point. Or 
um, that's a really cool topic. And I just love listening to everybody's, um, and I thought that that was really a great honor. I didn't expect to move forward. I, everyone was so talented, and everybody had done so well. Um, so that was an amazing pleasure day. I got to talk to the girls, too. Uh, we had a lot of similar interests, whether that be, you know, being in speech or debate. And even though I wasn't in speech and debate, I was in mock trial. So we had stuff like that in common. And we got to talk about our future plans and, and where we come from. Some people came from over five hours away. And I thought wow. that, was, that was amazing. Yeah, that is um, commitment. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, Sherry, how about if you take this opportunity to announce the next topic for the 2023 competition? Well, I am very pleased to do so. Um, and this is the uh, the day, October 15th, that we had planned to make the reveal. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the 2023 speeching top, speech, be, speaking mm-hmm. proudly topic is securing the blessings of liberty. Hmm. And you folks talk about liberty a lot. Yes, we sure do. (laughs) And so the full thing is securing the blessings of liberty in 21st century America. Inspired by the preamble to the Constitution, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty— to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States. First, mm-hmm. we hope that the girls are invited to really think, what are the blessings of liberty? What yes. are they? Mm-hmm. And then we org- we really looked, uh, we're going to hope for some speeches that identify those things that threaten the blessings mm-hmm. of liberty. Good. They could be like the un- unchecked expansion of executive power the entrenched bureaucracy, a mushrooming administrative state, a politicized Supreme Court, and on the separation of powers, the so-called Madisonian model, is it helping or hurting our cause of creating a a public, a, a strong republic? The political polarization is everywhere, a press that is no longer free and seeking the truth, and a press that takes sides, censorship of unpopular opinions and voices, and not applying the First Amendment to social media, um, the or the impact of a troubled education system, which is what you folks, uh, the the um, the uh, uh, what you folks are manufacturing, you know. Mm-hmm. You, and Lily is one of your your <laughs> wonderful products. examples. Yes, yes. right. Mm-hmm. But perhaps the girls will take a chance to really look at the blessings of liberty and how more Americans can experience the blessings of liberty, such as through different approaches in education, mm-hmm. social reform forms, uh, a return to faith. Mm-hmm. and strengthening of families. Mm. So we really wanted to have a broad base to start from, but also to help them focus. Mm-hmm. Very good. So so Sherry, in just a few seconds, can you share how, how they can enter the competition and what the deadline is? 
All the information is on speakingproudly.org. Mm-hmm. The deadline for for applying mm-hmm. is uh, you handing in an outline of your speech, mm-hmm. and that's due April 1st. Okay. You will know by May, Mar- sorry, April 15th if you've been accepted or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, the competition is June 17th on Saturday. Okay, very good. Well, it has been such a pleasure to have you on this show today, Sherry, to be able to share more about the Speaking Proudly event. And Lily, congratulations to you again on your win and your great experience so far at Baylor. Um, thank you for joining us uh, by telephone today. We really appreciate you having or being a part of this show today, Lily. Yes, thank you so much for having me. All right. And Abigail, always a good time to be able to be with you in studio. Absolutely. We're looking forward to next week. You can listen to this podcast or any other podcast at savetheclassroom.com. And we'll see you again next week. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.